beautiful souls and welcome back to the phoenix within us my name is lauren nix i am the host of this podcast and i am so excited that you decided to join me today for this week's episode before we get into the topic for this week i just want to start with what's been going on in my life lately and just give you guys like a life update or I guess a baseline for what's been going on in my life. I love when podcast hosts do this because it just feels more personal and you get to know the person that you're listening to on like a deeper level rather than just what they're sharing about for that week. You're getting to know like what is actually going on in their lives. So I thought that'd be a fun addition to this podcast. When you listen to this episode on Monday, I'm recording it on Friday, I am going to be starting my first day of what is supposed to be my senior year, but it's not, and that's something that I'm struggling with, but I'm trying to be mindful and present in the moment. This is technically my second semester of my junior year, but I won't be graduating I don't really even know exactly what I'm graduating right now because of a baby and life and just timeline stuff. So I'm trying to just be mindful and stay in the moment, stay in the present and just keep working until I graduate and until I'm able to be a teacher. But I'm really anxious about starting school and I'm trying not to let myself be too anxious because I will spiral if I do. I'm nervous because school is already a huge trigger for my mental health, my mental illness. I get really overwhelmed with going from like summer or even winter break and having no schedule to all of a sudden having to be at a certain place at a certain time and have assignments due. And like, I just get super overwhelmed the first few weeks of school. And then add a baby onto that. And I've never been to school with a baby So I don't know what that looks like and I don't know how to manage my time so that I'm spending enough time with my daughter but also studying and working on assignments but also getting enough sleep because I have a sleep disorder and also like spending time with the people that I love. So I'm nervous about that but I'm trying to keep my head above water and we'll see how the first week goes and then I'm going to try to like develop a plan with my support people to make sure that like my mental illness doesn't plummet or my mental health doesn't plummet. I'm also excited because um, for the past nine months, Lennon is nine months today when I'm recording this, which is absolutely insane, wild. Today I scheduled her 12-month, her one-year appointment. I'm going to have a one-year-old and that's just mind-blowing to me. The time has gone by so fast. Anyways, for the last nine months, Lennon and I and my boyfriend have shared a room since the day we brought her home from the hospital. And for the past like two weeks, like me and my boyfriend have been like sleeping on the couch or in the basement because Lennon has been waking up in the middle of the night when we're in the room with her because she's mad that she's like not in bed with us, I think. But we are going to transition her into her own room. We're about to set up an extra room in my house as Lennon's bedroom, which is going to be so fun. I'm excited to decorate it and just make that space cute for her. I just have always looked forward to this with a kid. I've had a Pinterest board on how I'm going to decorate my child's room for the last like three or four years. Um, So I'm really excited about it. And then the third thing that I want to share about is – a health-related thing, and 
that is that I was diagnosed with a mold illness. And my dad has actually been fighting a mold illness for, I think that's the term. I think that's what it's called is mold illness. But my dad has been fighting it since, for about a year and a half now, I believe. And last November, like three weeks before Lennon was born, we found mold in my house. And we have like torn down walls and taken out floors and we're still like in the midst of all of that and like repairing everything. But last month I found out that I have the mold illness because I was on TikTok and this girl shared that she had the symptoms of mold illness. And I was like, hmm, I have those symptoms and my dad has mold illness from mold in our house. So I went to the doctor that my dad went to and found out that I do indeed have the mold illness. And I'm actually kind of excited about this diagnosis, which everyone thinks I'm crazy about. But it's because I'm the type of person who needs like answers. Like I don't like guessing a lot of the time. I like to know the answer. So when I've been dealing with a lot of like health issues and stuff outside of my normal like anxiety and stuff like that or depression or my narcolepsy when I'm dealing with stuff outside of that and I can tell that my body feels even more off than normal I'm like yeah no I need an answer so I'm so excited that there was an answer and that now there is a solution and there's protocol that I can do and supplements and medicines that I can take in order to kill the mold that is growing inside of me. And I can give more information on that at a later time, but I just kind of want to keep that brief for now. But yeah, I'm excited about that, except for the fact that last week or earlier this week, I had to get blood drawn. And that is like, no, it's not like that is my biggest fear um, is needles, even though I have tattoos, whatever, beside the point. There are people in the world who are scared of needles and then there is me. When I say that I'm scared of needles, like people don't get that it's an actual phobia. It's not just that I'm like nervous about it or I don't like how it feels. It's that my brain has so much anxiety that I have an actual seizure or not an actual like epileptic seizure, but like my brain seizes because I am so terrified of needles and have so much needle anxiety. So I have to take a medicine in order to not have a seizure. And luckily this week, the medicine did its job. It's done its job ever since I started taking it for that. And that was hard. It's hard to get over your fears and just do the things that you need, you know you need to do. But I'm glad that I did that and that's behind me and I can move on and work towards being the healthiest version of myself. Now, let's get into this week's topic, which is identity. This episode is titled, Not an Identity Crisis, Not with a Question Mark, because I don't know. I feel like my whole life I've been having an identity crisis, so I'm trying not to label this as that so that I don't like spiral and like freak out over the fact that I don't exactly know who I am right now. But before we get into kind of like my history with identity and how I used to define myself versus how I've defined myself recently versus the struggles that I'm having with my identity right now, I'm going to share just some of the basic like personality things about myself. 
In preparation for this week's episode, I took some personality tests. I haven't done this in a while, so I just wanted to make sure that over the last couple of years, nothing crazy has changed about me. So I started off by taking the Myers-Briggs test, and I'm an ENFJ, which was like, whew, thank God, because I took this test when I was 14 for the first time in a high school speech class, first semester of freshman year, and I was an ENFJ, and I, every time I've taken it since then, I've been an ENFJ, and I was so worried that I wasn't going to be anymore because I feel like I've changed a lot personality-wise, but it's nice to know that some things stay the same and that I can still feel connected to that 14-year-old version of myself, which sounds silly, but that's important to me. And the ENFJ is the protagonist, so yes, I am the main character. That sounded so stuck up. I'm joking, 100%, but yes, that is called the protagonist. Um, I won't share too much on it because I haven't read on it in a long time, but thought that was important. Um, my big three in astrology, I am a Scorpio sun, a Libra moon, and a Leo rising. And if someone knows what that means, they can feel free to tell me. I don't really feel like I align with astrology. It's not that I don't believe that the stars and the planets don't have any effect on humans or personalities or anything like that. It's just I have been kind of turned away from astrology because there are those people who are like, oh, I don't like you because you're a Scorpio or that's so Scorpio of you. And I'm like, can I just be a person without like having to be fit in somebody's box? And I guess you could say with like any personality test that you're technically like fitting somebody into a box. But I feel like with astrology, it's different because it's like, oh, you're born at this time, so you act this way. And even though you can't help that you were born at this time, this is just how you are. Where other personality tests are more like, oh, like you take this test and we'll figure you out, if that makes sense. Or maybe I just have a problem with it because Scorpios get a really bad rap a lot of the time. And I don't feel like I align with a whole lot of the Scorpio characteristics. And that I just feel, I don't know, I feel like Scorpios are seen as mean or seductive. And I hope that's not how I am. But yeah, that's just, that's why I don't personally align with it, at least at this point in my life, which leads me into my favorite personality test, my personality type, which is the Enneagram. And I am an Enneagram for wing three. I don't know what the wing three really means. I need to do some reading on that. But I'm an Enneagram 4 and I identify with this the most out of like any personality test I've ever taken. I actually used to test as a 2 and I was like, oh yeah, I'm a 2, which is the helper for a long time. But then I was like, yeah, I'm really not the helper. That's just not actually my personality. I think I was just like wanting to be that. But I'm 4, which is the individualist. And I'm going to share some of like the type 4 characteristics of the Enneagram. So fours are self-aware, sensitive, and reserved. I'm getting this from the Enneagraminstitute.com. They are emotionally honest, creative, and personal, but can be moody and self-conscious. 
Withholding themselves due to feeling vulnerable and defective, they can feel disdainful and exempt from ordinary ways of living. And if that is me to a T, oh my goodness, like that is 100% me. Basic fear that they have no identity or personal significance, 100%. Um, Basic desire to find themselves and their significance to create an identity. And that, oh my gosh, like that has everything to do with what I'm going to share with you guys today about how my whole life I have been seeking to be Uh, not always seeking to be different, but I do like the fact that I'm different and that I'm unique. But my whole life, I've been seeking to find my identity and to define myself. So that is the perfect segue into not an identity crisis. Because right now, I don't feel like I need to define myself, but we'll get more into that. So I feel like my whole life, I've been constantly having an identity crisis. And Now it makes sense because I guess I've been an Enneagram for my entire life, but I didn't know that always. And so for a long time, I just had absolutely no idea who I was. When I was younger, I was super spunky and unique. I was a performer. I sang a lot. I was, I swore I was going to be a Disney star. I was going to be Demi Lovato, Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez. Like I was going to sell stadiums. That was like my whole personality. I was sassy. I was confident. You name it. Like I was a spunky, spirited, fun little gal. But I was bullied a lot in third and fourth grade in elementary school. And that really affected me and affected my personality. I started to kind of get more shy and more socially anxious. Although at the time I wouldn't have defined it like that. I kind of withdrew once I got to intermediate school. Um, I didn't, I was scared, scared of making friends. I didn't know how to make friends at that point in my life. So in fifth grade, which is when intermediate school started for me, I only had like three to four friends and I only had like one, maybe two friends in my classes in school. And I literally sat at lunch reading books every single day. Luckily, I did end up making a friend who would also sit at lunch and read books with me. But like that tells you where I was at in fifth grade. And I did not like that. I did not like that. I didn't have a lot of friends. I wanted to be well known. I wanted to be in the quote unquote popular group, be friends with the popular people. So I made that my goal. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to become friends with the popular people. And I ended up manifesting that. And in sixth grade, I had a lot of friends. And I guess I was in what was considered the popular crowd in sixth grade at my school. Not that big of a deal, but to me, it really was. And because I was so determined to make more friends, I tweaked my personality so that I could fit in with the popular crowd. And this is the time in sixth grade is when I started to deal a lot with like insecurity and depression and really bad anxiety because I wasn't being true to myself and I was constantly changing myself and people would call me out on it. They'd be like, you are never the same like 24 seven what's going on. And I would get so mad because I was like, no, I am. I am. But like I was so desperately trying to fit in with everybody else that I would try to take on personalities of people who I saw were well-liked. But obviously that didn't go over well because people knew that I was acting like somebody that I wasn't. And that was just my whole experience all of intermediate and junior high school, which is 
middle school for most people. So all of middle school was just me trying to be who I thought people would like. I wore certain clothes. I only wore like Abercrombie and American Eagle and Hollister. I got like Lululemon leggings in like eighth grade. I could only have a Vera Bradley backpack and only have a Vera Bradley pencil pouch and only have a Vera Bradley lunchbox because that is what every other middle school girl at my school had. Like if you had that, that meant you were the shit. Like, and I could not lose my social standing that I had worked so hard to get. And I actually feel so bad about that. Like I cannot believe that I like begged my mom to spend all that money on a 12-year-old, but I'm thankful that she did because I it helped me out at the time. I would get super upset and take it so personally when I wasn't invited to things. And I do still kind of take things personally like that, but it was because of this inner insecurity within myself. I thought that because I wasn't invited, that meant that something was wrong, that like people were finding out that like I wasn't meant to be popular, that I somehow like scammed my way into the system. So I thought that when I wasn't invited to things that that meant no one liked me, that they were talking behind my back and maybe they were, it was like seventh grade, 13 year old girls probably happened, but I was super insecure. And I thought that that meant that who I was was wrong, which then reinforced my idea that I needed to act like somebody else in order to fit in with my friends and the people that I surrounded myself with. I would copy my friends a lot and I would wear what they wear. I would act how they acted. I would use phrases that they use. And I know that people caught on to it, but that's because I just wanted so desperately to be liked and to be loved and to fit in with other people that I just, I felt like I had to. I felt like if I was myself that nobody would like that. And I'd go back to sitting at lunch alone, reading books. I would literally Google in seventh grade. I like distinctly remember laying in my bed and Googling and going on like, was it like what wiki? How is that what it's called? Going on that website and Googling like how to be more like Serena Vanderwoodson because Serena Vanderwoodson is like the it girl. If you've ever seen Gossip Girl, you know. I mean, you're either a Serena or a Blair girl, and I've always been a Serena girl. And that's the time that I started watching Gossip Girl, and I was like, nope, I'm going to be like Serena Vanderwoodson. Like, she's the it girl, she's the golden girl. Like, everybody wants her, everybody wants to be her. Like, how do I become Serena Vanderwoodson at like 13 years old? I would type in how to be an it girl. Like, how do I get people to like me? How to make more friends? How to get everyone to like me? Like, I was constantly looking this stuff up because I wanted so bad to be liked. And I had no sense of identity because, like I said, I was so concerned that who I was wasn't going to be good enough. Like, who I actually was was going to make me have no friends. I never thought that who I actually was was going to be accepted. And I, at that point, I didn't have any idea of who I was. Like in sixth and seventh grade, I stopped singing. I stopped performing because I thought people would make fun of me for that because all of the cool popular people did some sort of sport and I am not sporty whatsoever. I did play softball, but like that's where it really ended. I was a dancer. I was a performer, but I stopped singing and performing because I thought I was going to get made fun of. But in eighth grade, I kind of started to, I say kind of like emphasis on the kind of very little, 
I started to do less of the people pleasing, less of the changing myself to fit in with other people. Like, don't get me wrong. I still did it a lot, but I started finding things that I liked. I ended up doing choir that year, but it was really because I had two other friends who were doing it. So I was like, okay, yeah, cool. This is acceptable. I can do choir and not get made fun of. But like I said, I still was trying to fit in, i.e. the choir thing. I would spend a lot of my time still though, worrying that how I spent my time was wrong. Like I was worried that like when I came home, this is like, just, just, this is just to show you guys like what an anxious teenager I was, preteen. Um, I would spend my time worrying that how I spent my time was wrong. And I was worried that I was coming home from school and doing the wrong things. Like, oh my gosh, am I eating the right snacks? Am I saying the right things when I text people? Like, do I sound dumb? Like, I was so in my head about it. But this kind of stuff, like, didn't start to change. Like, I didn't start to develop any really sort of identity until I started realizing that I was the odd one out in my friend group. And I was actually okay with that. Like I started realizing, you know what? It's okay that I'm not 100% like all of my friends that I surrounded me that I surrounded myself with. I didn't like the same boys that my friends liked. I had a boyfriend who wasn't in this certain friend group that all of my friends had boyfriends in. And I was like, you know what? I'm fine with that. I like my boyfriend. I don't like these guys. I thought I was so bold and so daring and just like, I thought it was such a risky move (laughs) that once a week, I think it was Fridays, I wouldn't wear makeup to school. And I was like, oh my gosh, look at me like making a statement that I'm not wearing makeup. That's where little Enneagram 4 was born. (laughs) Um, And I wasn't into all the same things that my friends were into. And I was actually okay with that. Like I was starting to be like, you know what? Like that's fine. And I would tell my friends that like, okay, I like this thing. And maybe they'd like poke fun of it at it if it was like a little odd, but I was still friends with them. Like they still loved and cared about me. And so I slowly started to realize like, okay, like I can kind of have some of my own things that make me unique from everybody else. And like I said, I think this is around the time that the Enneagram for me was born. I started to realize that I like the fact that I'm unique and I eventually clung on to that idea, but again, like I was still trying to define myself. I didn't know how to define myself. And I also realized that a lot of the people in my friend group were nothing like me. And these weren't like my close friends. Like I was in this, I was in multiple friend groups, but there's this one friend group I was in that had a lot of girls in it. And I was only in it because my three best friends were friends with the rest of these girls. And I realized that I was absolutely nothing like these girls. And they knew it. I knew it. And I knew it was just like a matter of time until they would like not talk to me anymore. And that made me really anxious. And at this time, like I was really nervous about this group of girls that I, even though I was friends with them, I was nervous. I was scared of them. And so I had a lot of anxiety about starting high school with these girls there's actually two high schools in the district that I live in. So right before freshman year started, I ended up transferring high schools. And this relieved a lot of the anxiety I was feeling. And I was worried that if I went to the high school I was originally supposed to go to, that I was never going to be accepted for who I truly was. Like, 
I was just so nervous that I didn't belong there and that everyone's going to find out that I didn't belong there and that I was just going to be miserable for the next four years. And transferring high schools was actually a really good thing for me in the long run. I had a really rough start to high school and I will get into that in a future episode maybe, but it ended up being a really good thing for me because at the high school I was at, I was able to find who I was over the next few years. Not that I wouldn't have at a different school, but I was able to find who I was over the next few years. But I spent a lot of time trying to find myself. And I was slowly figuring out what was me and what wasn't. But I still struggle with trying to be like others so that people would like me. Like I literally remember posting on my spam or Finsta. I don't know if those are still a big thing. Like I still have mine, but I never use it. Uh, I remember posting on there multiple times saying that I was going to like reinvent myself. Like, oh, it's time to reinvent myself. Like, oh, I'm changing up myself. Like, yada, yada, yada. Like, I would do that probably like once a semester. And I think that's because I used to get bored with myself a lot. Used to. that I still get bored with myself a lot. But I have different coping strategies. Like, now I will either go thrifting and get some new clothes or I will dye my hair or cut my hair and instead of trying to like completely reinvent myself. So I used to get bored with myself and think that that meant I needed to change every little thing about myself. But even when I was trying to change those things about myself, I was still coming home at the end of the day and I was still me. Like I was still Lauren. I was still all the things that are in my personality that I was trying to hide or trying to mask. Like I was still that person, I couldn't make her go away. No matter how hard I tried, no matter how many times I quote unquote reinvented myself, no matter how many times I tried to act like somebody else, I was still me at the end of the day. So I had to kind of start figuring out who me really was. And it was sophomore year that I started to find like my style, my clothing style. And I actually had the confidence to wear it. Like I kind of knew what it was before, but like I was really, really scared to wear overalls to school back in 2016. No one did that that I knew. And so I was really scared to do that. But I found confidence in wearing things like overalls or wearing things like flowy pants instead of tight skinny jeans. I started to dress more like boho, hippie-esque rather than like the what the mainstream was at the time. I still would dress mainstream, but like every once in a while I would like step out of my comfort zone into something that actually made me feel more like myself. And by finding my style, like it made me feel so good about myself. I've always loved clothes. I've always loved fashion. Like in fourth grade, I designed a fashion line called Lolo Couture and I designed clothes and I actually ended up making my friend a dress for her birthday one year which was cool, but like that dream died and I never actually went anywhere. But I've always been passionate about clothes and fashion and wearing stuff that makes me feel good about myself and that isn't exactly mainstream. And that came back to me my sophomore year of high school when I started to wear what made me feel good rather than what everyone else was wearing and what I knew I would be accepted as wearing. Because let's be honest, for me at least, skinny jeans are so freaking uncomfortable. Like I don't even like wearing leggings most of the time. I am a flowy pants type of gal. Like 
So I'm glad that I left the skinny jeans in the past. And going back real quick to like how I was in elementary school and how I was a spunky girl who was really into singing and performing and fashion. Like I heard on a podcast one time that if you're wondering who you are, what your purpose is in life, like what you're meant to do with your life, I could be remembering this wrong, but this is kind of the gist of what I got. Who you are, what your purpose is, what you're meant to do in your life, look back to what you liked when you were little. And I have found that to be very true in my life. Like when I was little, I loved performing and I still love to sing. If I could be a famous singer, like right now I would be, but I'm not chasing that dream currently. I still love clothes. I still love fashion. I still love being unique. I used to love playing school and grading my little sister's papers. And I'm in school right now to be a teacher. I loved history growing up in elementary school and I'm majoring in history. So There's a lot of things about myself and my personality and my identity that have always been there. They were just hidden for a really long time. So if you're struggling with your identity, look back to who you were as a kid before the world told you who you were supposed to be. Go back to that person who hadn't been domesticated, who hadn't been told this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. This is what's cool. This is what's not. Go back to who that little kid was. And that's where you'll find yourself. That was a little tidbit. Back to the timeline. So fast forward to junior year of high school and my identity was being super happy and positive, go lucky type of gal. Um, Still struggle with mental illness, but on the outside, I was super positive. I was a peace, love, happiness type of gal. Um, I described myself as a Jesus hippie is the best way that I think I can explain it to anybody who didn't know me back then. I was a Jesus girl. I was really big into my faith at the time. And I was super involved in school clubs. And those were like, that was my identity, was being a happy, positive Jesus hippie who was overly involved in school and clubs. So senior year, I was basically the same as I was junior year. Junior year is when I really found my identity and what made me feel good about myself and how I wanted others to perceive me and how I wanted to perceive myself. And so that continued my senior year. I was still super involved, probably even more than I was junior year. And someone told me at one point that I was sunshine and sunflowers as a person, which was the ultimate compliment because sunsets and sunflowers are my two favorite things. And I know sunshine is basically the same thing as the sunset. So I was like, oh my gosh, I am my two favorite things. I have one at life. Someone called me a sunflower in human form. Like, oh my gosh, wow. That just, that explains my personality, my junior and senior year of high school. And in college, I remained upbeat and I really valued how unique I was, but I was struggling with making friends and finding my people in college, which I think is a lot more common than people will let you know or than or more common than people will lead on. And then come COVID, I get a boyfriend literally at the start of, like we weren't dating then, but we started talking at the beginning of COVID during quarantine. And because of quarantine, I developed social anxiety. So boyfriend that is long distance that I have to go visit every, not have to, that I wanted to visit every other week, plus social anxiety equals losing a lot of those deep connections I had with my friends. And I started to kind of lose myself in all of that too. 
but I did end up finding some friends that I love. And these friends have really brought out like the great side in me, the parts in me that I love, the identity in myself that I do love. And another thing that I struggled with with my identity is that I used to define myself as a Jesus girl, as a Jesus hippie. I mentioned that. And I no longer identify as a Christian. While I still love Jesus, I still believe in God, I think. I know I do, but I just say I think because there's no way of 100% knowing, in my opinion. I can't know what happens when I die because I've never died before, thankfully. But I no longer call myself a Christian. I no longer attend church. And maybe one day I will. I hope that one day I can go back to church and feel confident in that. But just with the state of the world and a lot of things that have been happening lately, happening since 2021, really, it's been over the past few years, but it really happened. It really came to a head in 2021 that I decided to put myself in this category of deconstructing my faith. And I don't know if I will ever reconstruct it at this point. So that's also been something that I've really been struggling with my in my identity because for so long, I, I identified as the Jesus girl. I identified as the God girl, the Jesus hippie. Like at Thanksgiving dinner or lunch or whatever it was with some hometown friends when we were home from college, like I was the one that was asked to say the prayer because everyone knew me as like the Jesus girl. And I'm no longer that person. So like that is just a whole other like, identity crisis in and of itself and pregnancy completely like I completely lost myself in pregnancy I mentioned in the last episode that having a baby at 21 was not my life plan and I really 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 struggled with the idea that I was pregnant I didn't know what that meant for my life and I hid I I will share more on my pregnancy journey and motherhood so far in future episodes, but I really struggled with my identity while I was pregnant because I didn't look like myself. Like talk about an identity crisis when you see yourself as one thing in your head, like what you've looked like for most of your life. And then you look in the mirror and you look nothing like that. That is difficult. Like that is so hard to just not even recognize the person that you're looking at in the mirror because you've changed so drastically so quickly and I just didn't feel good I didn't enjoy being pregnant and I'll share again I'll share this more in future episodes but like I didn't like how I felt I swelled up like a balloon like there was just a lot of things in pregnancy that I didn't enjoy and that I lost my identity in And in motherhood, I have lost myself too. And I think that is so common in motherhood. So now now we're caught up to right now, to today, to this identity crisis, not an identity crisis that I'm struggling with right now is that I'm a young mom. And like, I don't know what that means. I'm nine months into this. I still don't know what that means. I'm just now, over the last three months, I have just started kind of feeling like myself again. But I can't, and I talked about this in last week's episode, I can't go back to who I used to be. So I have to go find the new version of myself because I'm not Lauren pre-pregnancy. I'm not Lauren pre-COVID. I am Lauren now, the 21-year-old who has a nine-month-old daughter who 
is in a long-term relationship, who is going to a different school, who is going to be a teacher. I had to figure out who this Lauren is right now. This Lauren that is sitting in her room recording this podcast, dealing with the stuff that I'm currently dealing with. Like, I don't really know who I am right now. And I think I'm kind of learning. I kind of know. I know that I really like listening to Harry Styles a lot and Miley Cyrus. Um, I recently started listening to Taylor Swift, which I've never been a T-Swizzle fan. I've liked her music, but I've recently been listening to her newer stuff, which I never really gave a chance. And now I like Taylor Swift. And that's different. That's weird. (laughs) That's not normal Lauren stuff. But that's okay that I like new things. It's okay that I don't identify with all the same things that I've identified with my whole life. It's okay that I like different music genres than what I liked before. I think that whenever I have tried to change my identity, I've always done it in a safe way. Like I've always done it in a way that's like I can go back. But like I can't go back to who I used to be. I never could in the past, but I could get closer than I am right now. Like pre-pregnancy Lauren has no idea what it is like to be mom Lauren. So I have to figure out who this new Lauren is. And I have to figure out like what it is that I like. I have to get to know myself, which I talked about last week. It's like, that's actually kind of scary to have to get to know yourself. Like I'm working through, I've been going to therapy and I'm working through like past trauma and a lot of built up shit. And like that is hard to like go and get to know yourself and get to know your inner thoughts and then like come out the other side. And that's why I'm calling this not an identity crisis is because I don't need to define myself. I'm 21 years old and who I am today is not the same person that I'm going to be a month from now. It's not the same person I'm going to be when I turn 22 in, what, three months? Like, a lot is going to change between now and then. A lot is. I just I just know it. A lot has changed since May, and it's August. So in the last three months, a lot has changed. But I don't need to define myself. And I think that in itself shows a lot of growth in my life, that I don't feel the need to go and define myself. That's not very Enneagram 4 of me. <laughs> To not feel a need to be defined right now. I'm just being. Like, I'm just Lauren. And I do want to know myself a little better. But, like, I don't have to go write out exactly who I am and exactly how I want others to see me and exactly how I want to see myself. Like, I no longer feel the need to do that. I don't. And that's such a beautiful thing. And I am so, so proud of myself for that. This week's episode has been a lot different than last week's episode. I didn't have much advice for everyone listening. This week's episode has been a lot different than last week's episode was. I didn't have much advice for you who's listening, and I'm sorry about that, but like that's just how it's going to be sometimes. Sometimes I'm just going to share like what I'm going through, what my past experience has been, and Maybe you can find inspiration in that, or maybe you just know me on a deeper level than you ever wanted to. But I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode, and I hope that you leave today's podcast feeling encouraged and inspired, and I hope that you feel strong enough to 
know who you are, but not feel a need to identify yourself and put yourself in a box. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.